0: This is 8 Minutes, a podcast helping you understand the energy transition in just a few minutes. I'm your host, Paul Schuster, and today we're going deep into the wonky world of tax equity. Arguably the greatest tool that the federal government has to exert influence on renewable energy and climate technologies, the tax equity market is complex, torturous, and enormous. And with the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act, it's about to become even more influential on U.S. climate action eight minutes it's about how long it takes for the sun's rays to hit earth or about how long it takes joey chestnut of nathan's hot dog eating contest fame to down and i'm not making this up 61 hot dogs he's getting it on let's do the same The cost to install solar or wind energy has really plummeted over the past decade or so. From 2010 to 2020, the cost of utility scale solar dropped by 85% and the cost of wind by 56%. A big driver of those costs has been the investment that the U.S. federal government has made into supporting the renewable energy industry. And the primary way that they've done so is through an interesting part of the tax code called tax equity. Tax equity is a pretty complicated system but it's had an outsized impact on the growth of the renewables market. In essence, project developers get tax and accounting benefits that they can monetize to offset the construction costs of their projects. And that offset can be significant, as much as 30% of the total cost of a project can be funded through tax equity. There are two major forms of tax equity. There's the investment tax credit, ITC, which compensates developers for the capital that they invest up front into the renewable energy project. And then there is the production tax credit, PTC, where the compensation varies depending upon how much renewable power the project actually produces. For most of the past decade, solar projects found it more advantageous to use the ITC for their projects, while the production values of wind projects lent themselves more towards the PTC. There's no hard and fast rule, though. A wind project in the future could decide to go with the investment tax credit if they feel like that makes more sense. The challenge with tax credits, though, is that the project itself is often a project finance vehicle that doesn't generate taxes to begin with. The tax credits aren't very useful if you don't have a taxable base against which to apply them. So in order to monetize these credits, a tax equity market evolved full of investors who do have substantial tax burdens and are and can make use out of these tax credits. These corporations and they're nearly all huge corporate entities, will essentially buy the credits produced from the Renewable Energy Project in return for cash that the project can use for its construction. That market flourished as projects were able to get the upfront construction capital they needed while corporations were able to offset the tax burdens by using these tax credits. By 2020, it was estimated that the Renewable Energy Tax Market was on the order of $18 billion. Over time, that equity market has become more complex as additional incentives and nuances have been added to the tax code. For instance, MAKERS, or Modified Accelerated Cost Recovery System. That enabled renewable energy projects to accelerate the depreciation of their facility. Without getting into depreciation accounting rules or anything like that, MAKERS allows projects to take a huge loss in the first couple of years. And that loss can then be transferred to a tax equity partner, one of those big corporations, and allow them to offset their high sales and revenue on their income statement. And to make things even more complicated, the tax credit code hasn't always remained stable either. In some previous years, the government would allow the incentive to expire before bringing it back in a subsequent year. Or more recently, Congress instituted a phased-down approach that stepped the tax credits down from 30% to about 22% in an effort to eventually phase them out. That, at least, was the situation prior to 2022 and the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act. Prior to that IRA being signed, solar ITC was down at 22% and was preparing to be phased out, and the wind PTC was down to $0.18 per kilowatt hour or about 60% of what it had been as recently as 2016. What's more is that the tax credit system really only supported those two technologies. I mean, sure, there were incentives for geothermal, hydro, biomass, and a couple of other renewable tech, but there was a glaring need for the burgeoning market of storage to get its own ITC to help drive down battery costs over time. And really, this is where the IRA changed the game for the renewable energy industry. By now, many have probably heard of the $370 billion that the IRA funnels into the climate industry. Well, a huge part of that is through tax credits. These credits are the mechanism that the Senate Democrats use to get around the filibuster of their GOP colleagues and pass a budget resolution that includes climate investment. Since the Democrats only controlled 50 seats, any resolution they put forward could only tinker with the tax code and couldn't, necessarily, legislate penalties or rules or stipulations otherwise. Tax credits became the cudgel that could and would work. And the IRA did three pretty amazing things with the tax credit system. First, they extend the tax credits out for 10 years and boosted it back to the full 30% that it had enjoyed before. Remember when I mentioned that the system used to go through ups and downs and sunset periods before being revived? That caused a lot of chaos for renewable energy companies. So the fact that they now have a full 10 years of Horizon in order to plan investments, projects, research, even aside from the nice increase in incentive, that visibility is huge. Second thing that the IRA did was it added an ITC for storage. Prices for batteries have been plummeting as the free market has come in and driven demand for these projects, But the addition of the ITC significantly improves the economic viability of battery storage in all sorts of applications. And lastly, the IRA included a provision in the legislation that creates a direct pay option for renewable projects. This has the potential to significantly change the machinations that projects need to go through in order to monetize their credits. For nonprofits, for instance, those that want to install solar panels... The direct pay option is literally a check written to them for what otherwise would have had to have been credited tax burden. Instead of having to go through all those big corporations, they can now much more easily access solar. The tax equity market is complex. It's a fascinating assortment of policy wonkiness that has met high-end finance. But it's done wonders in accelerating the renewable energy market to where it is today. With the advent of the IRA... It's expected to have an even more exponential impact for tomorrow. I'm Paul Schuster, and this has been your 8 Minutes.